You're listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZWLP Conroe and 106.1 KZCCLP Conroe and worldwide on the IRLoneStar.com. Good afternoon and welcome to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. Tony Lynn Collins, Earl Ellsworth Jahani. We are here every Tuesday from 12 to 1 p.m. on Conroe's FM 104.5 and 106.1. And you can also download uh, the podcast tomorrow if you go to IRLoneStar.com and you can get it on Google Play or iTunes. And if you're interested, you can watch us live on Facebook and live message us too. And if we get a chance, we'll get to uh, your questions. So Tony and I today are going to be talking about various legal, um, various legal topics. But one of the first things that we wanted to talk about is uh, the SLAP law. There is something in Texas from the uh, Texas Citizens Participation Act, and it is uh, it's called SLAP, and it's a strategic lawsuit against public participation. It's pretty heavy. A slap is a lawsuit that is intended to censor, intimidate, and silence critics. Now, this is just Wikipedia. And silence critics by burdening them with the cost of a legal defense until they abandon their criticism or opposition. And the reason we want to talk about it today is that as a result of slap, there's an anti-slap law. And then there were some changes made to it, and they're going to go into effect, or they just recently went into effect, I think September 1st that Governor Greg Abbott um, signed. So um, let's see. Anti-slap is, uh, allows you to counter a slap suit against you based on your statements in exercise of your right of free speech, petition, or association. So in other words, if you defame someone and you get hit with a slap suit, then you can anti-slap and you can say, no, that was my right of free speech. That's my constitutional right. Um, whatever, you know, you can, you can defend yourself and it's pretty far reaching. And so what happened after the anti-slap, I think it went into effect in 2004, people just went crazy with this anti-slap thing. And, uh, they, the courts began to use it as this umbrella to let people get away with all sorts of defamation and, or things that used to be considered defamation until, we had um, the anti-slap law. So it's interesting because um, Greg Abbott just signed, um, let's see, hang on one second, guys. Uh, Texas Governor Greg Abbott signed a bill that, uh, he, he signed it on uh, June 2nd, and it makes several changes to the Texas Citizens Participation Act, but leaves intact many core elements of the act that opponents had targeted. The adopted legislation does not include some of the most alarming elements from the first draft of the bill. The lawmakers agreed to abandon an amendment that would have allowed parties filings filing meritless cases to avoid paying a defendant's legal expenses by dropping a lawsuit prior to the hearing. So uh, there were some some pretty serious curtailments in the anti-slap. It was very broad, but um, uh, the new law uh, that Abbott just signed in becomes it w- was 
in effect yesterday, I believe, also constrains anti-slap protections in many ways. Whereas the original Texas Citizens Participation Act allowed defendants to seek dismissal for issues broadly related to the right of free speech, related to, not so that's broad language, broadly related to the right of free speech, petition, or association, the new statute requires the claim to be more narrowly based on a violation of one of those rights, so like free speech, participation with whoever you want to hang out with or whatever. Legislators abandoned anti-slap protections for speech regarding trade secrets or non-compete agreements, potentially allowing employers um, to intimidate whistleblowers with employment-related suits. So that's interesting. The new law goes into effect September 1st, so it was just the other day. Um, Also, the uh, 2019 session of the Texas legislature is currently considering legislation that could threaten the public's right to speak freely on public issues. We really need to watch out for these things. That's not good. Well, you know, um, the my thing in here. The uh, anti-slap it's come up so much with with in in the recent cases I've been dealing with. I was just, as an attorney, I was reading about, you know, I love to read about the bar disciplines and the disbarments. And um, you, on the one hand, it's interesting. On the other hand, the disciplinary committee gets, you know, it's serious. All right. And I'm going to give you an example. When I get, uh, whenever I'm doing a really good job in a case, I get a grievance filed against me by the other side. Right. Which is sort of a badge of honor, really, when I get one of those big old packets in the mail from the bar that says, you don't even know they filed a grievance. You get the, the grievance packet, but by the time you've gotten it, because you're not in the loop, these people are, you know, typing in their grievance or whatever, you don't know about it, um, they've already dismissed it. So all mine get dismissed, and basically, and they, they'll show you what the person said. And sometimes they get crazy, and they put it in a CD. I mean, they just go, uh, maybe it's a good kind of therapeutic thing that they're, not going out with a gun or something, but they're they're writing the bar about their anxiety about their case. And I'm just the fall guy, okay, because I'm not, you know, I'm not going to take it personally, whatever they're, you know, it's just it's just work, right? Right. And so um, I'll get, I'll see what these people have written. And generally, I haven't done anything wrong. In fact, I've done my job. And so I'm happy that, you know, justice has been done. Right. But, but then a case that just came out um, that was up on appeal an attorney was sued by the, and it's a lawsuit, when whether with your doctor or your lawyer, if you've got a profession, you've got a board generally in Texas. If that, if you're, if you're, um, if there's an oversight by a governing body, if you have to pa- you take a license to pass something, you've got a, 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 um, a, a committee. Target. You've got uh, well, a target on your back. No, no, <laughs> no, it's not what I was thinking. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, police, lawyers, doctors, mm-hmm. professionals that have to, uh, real estate brokers, professionals have to have, that have, licenses. have, to have a license. It usually is an overseeing commission with the state that's, that is making sure that you're doing the right things. Okay. And the general public, plumbers, electricians, if they're upset, mm-hmm. they can file a grievance against you right. if they don't file a lawsuit. Well, a grievance is, um, a, a, it may affect your license, but it could also go a step further, right? And so um, in this particular... In other words, you could lose your license. You, right, you, you could mean? lose your license or, I want to say, a step further. Losing your license is a pretty big deal, but a step further is they will take you to court for whatever you did. So uh, you've got lots of alternatives if you're unhappy with somebody. You can sue them. 
you can file a grievance against them. Okay. I mean, there's different, uh, there's a, there's a steps to uh, different levels, like a little going upstairs, I guess, of, of, of how, what you want to do. And really, when you have an issue with somebody, you have to sort of assess what your best, you know, um, uh, uh, mode of complaint. <laughs> yeah, what, what is your best action to get satisfaction out of this? Because mm-hmm. uh, for the most part, you know, we're lawyers, so we get to hear lots of complaints. And part of our job is to listen to people and determine whether or not they've got a case that should be in court or maybe they need to get over it mm-hmm, or maybe mm-hmm. they need to go to a counselor or maybe they're the ones with the problem. So you're analyzing whether they, they can prevail in court. And, and that's a lot of times why we have to pay for uh, or people have to pay us for their consulting fees right. because we turn into... Um, a therapist, <laughs> and I do a lot of my, I do free consultations, but I do them while I'm on the road between counties going to different courts because I figure I can help people that way, and maybe we can keep cases out of court that shouldn't be in court, mm-hmm. right? Now, in this particular case, though, um, and we're talking about the anti-slap law, just a circumstance that came up, there was an attorney that was not really doing what he should have done. It was definitely something I wouldn't have thought about doing. Mm-hmm. And what he did was he sent, um, in fact, I have the case here. He sent um, letters to a bunch of medical clinics telling them that they were not in compliance with, their websites were in compliance. In fact, let me read what they said because it's better just to, to hear it verbatim so you'll understand why this was uh, of a concern and how we're going to apply it to everyone's lives, not just attorneys. Um, there was an attorney named Rosales, uh, was his last name, and he sent letters to several healthcare facilities claiming that their websites did not meet the requirements of the Americans with Disabilities Act. <laughs> their website didn't. No good right, right. You know, like, like a website would have anything to do with somebody that was right. in a wheelchair. Um, he also attached a proposed lawsuit that he said he was going to file um, against them unless they paid him $2,000. Well, that's extortion. Okay. Golly. So that, that's not just a, 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 um, a, a solicitation of business. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's a crime. You don't try, that's like what that guy did, the, the, the one that represented the stripper and, and Trump, what was her name? Stormy Daniels. Yeah. He did the same thing. He was trying to extort Nike and various things. And, when you're a bad person like that, it will come back to get you. Oh, right. I mean, you, you should always do the right thing. And what he was doing was the wrong thing, like this attorney was doing the wrong thing. Okay. So he signed the letters, O. Rosales, Attorney at Law. And, of course, I can talk about this because it's in a publication, and so sure. it's already news, right? Mm-hmm. And um, several providers filed grievances against Rosales with the Office of the Chief Disciplinary Counsel of the State Bar of Texas. That's just a long word for I Google State Bar, and they have a place where you can look for File grievances. grievances. Right? And um, so several, huh? Several, a bunch. And, and again, I've gotten grievances filed against but, me. But it's different when there are several, you know, that they're going to pay more attention. Well, I mean, attention. I've had several too, but not on the same issue. I That's just, what I, I mean. I will get them about, I'll get a grievance filed against me about maybe sometimes two or three times a year. Not that often because mm-hmm. I'm not doing anything wrong. And mm-hmm. I know I'm not. That's why I'm not afraid of them. Right. And I understand people's feelings get hurt and what have you, and they have to have an outlet. And they're particularly upset if they didn't win their case and they take it personally. But... You know, I'm just the attorney, uh, and the, uh, I always get the dismissal, and I file them in my alphabetical order now in my little dismissal file, and every now and then for fun, I'll just pull them out and read them. Yeah. <laughs> but, but anyway, um, but this guy really needed a grievance mm-hmm. uh, filed against him, mm-hmm. and it goes for other uh, commissions. You can file grievances against 
I, I'm assuming police officers. I've never filed one, but right. if you are or, or anyone or that doctor. has to, real estate agents, mm-hmm. brokers, you know, if you mm-hmm. believe that they've done something wrong. Um, okay, but and whenever you file these grievances to kind of go down that rabbit trail a little bit, you in order to make it stick, if you have a legitimate gripe, mm-hmm. you have to look at what uh, what they did not comply with in the code of their license. So if you're just randomly complaining, you're not going to get anywhere. But if you go to, let's say, the Real Estate Commission and, and real estate agents have to do certain things, um, they, uh, for example, on their sign have to say, um, they can't just say the agent's name. They have to have on the bottom the broker's name, who the agent actually is under. Mm-hmm. Or they have to have in big, you know, there, there are certain things they have to do in their advertising in mm-hmm. in. And just, you know, it's a whole slew of things you're supposed to do when you sell a house that people don't do. If they if they didn't um, provide a disclosure, that's a really big one. Right. Um, they didn't ask because they knew that the house had been flooded five times and, you know, the last time was Harvey and, and all they did was patched it with putty or something. Well, they needed to disclose when there was damage right. or if there was a fire or something. Right. And they didn't and, do that. And the agent may have known about it because they're friends with them or maybe it's the agent's house and they don't disclose that and they're going to get in trouble. And so they'll not only have a lawsuit, but they'll have a grievance that they can file with the Real Estate Commission and this person may be sanctioned or lose their license, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so anyway, eventually the state bar filed suit against Rosales. So they took it up like you would do in any commission, mm-hmm. and they sued on behalf of the injured parties that were getting right. these letters, okay? Rosa, um, Rosales filed a motion to dismiss under the Texas anti-slap suit, and it's called the TCPA, which also is a bunch of other um, uh, statutes. It's also the telecommunications um, programming act or something. So, But this one is the Texas Citizens Participation Act, okay? Mm-hmm. So if you look it up, if you ever, if, if you ever anti-slap, those are kind of synonymous. They go together. Um, the state bar responded that the TCPA did not apply to uh, lawyer disciplinary proceedings, and even if it did, they met their burden to show clear and specific evidence a prima facie case for each essential element met the claim. In other words, the state bar is saying, you're not going to get anywhere with this dismissal because we've got a claim against you and we're big and we know our business and we don't go around suing people unless we think it's really important. Right. So, uh, and you'll also see these um, Texas disciplinary, um, the Office of the Chief Disciplinary Counsel, if you were just to Google that, it'll come up as the plaintiff when people are being disbarred or attorneys are being disbarred. Right. And we had a recent one over here in the 284 that came up when I was researching this. Um for a gal, I was watching her YouTube. She defended herself, which is really pretty dangerous if you, you know. Are you about to lose what, your license? Yeah. Or and, that's its And what she did and, and what a lot of attorneys lose their license over is because they don't put their money in their um, Aelta accounts or they're using their client's money um, because they're thinking, well, they gave me the retainer and... Um, you know, I need to pay my bills, and it's a hefty retainer. And they're not, they just, they get swamped, and then they don't keep in contact with their clients. Well, so let's tell our listeners what an IOLTA account is. It's a trust account that attorneys are required to have. I used Mm -hmm. to know what IOLTA stood for, (laughs) but I'm sure it's trust account at the end, TA. (laughs) Um, And and when an attorney gets a retainer from someone, that's money you haven't earned yet, Uh, say like Tony, it's, it's I hired, like interest bearing legal something because it's an interest bearing account where the interest goes to the state bar. That's it goes to for like free legal aid. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, we're required to put those funds in that IOLTA account, and then as we work for it, mm-hmm. we draw the money out of the IOLTA mm-hmm. and into our business operating account right, right. or wherever we do it. Right. So those funds, the retainer funds, are held in trust. Right. 
until they're earned. So it's usually, uh, now it can be different. If you get paid by the month, then you don't have a retainer. So there's a way, there's some ways where you're, you're not in breach if you don't put that money in the account. Let's say you did the same job you got paid that day. It's not a retainer. You've already earned right. it. Okay? Right. So there's different ways you do it. But in this particular instance, this, this gal that just got disbarred, and she was like my age. I mean, she'd what, been... What happened? Um, she was representing... She was court-appointed, and she was representing um, uh, people in uh, probate estates, amongst other cases. And she was... Um, she was representing, uh, she was the guardian, or she was the ad litem, and because this person was really old and really rich, and I guess there was a few of them, but in one in particular, she was just taking money out of the account like crazy, and I guess she wasn't explaining it very well, and ultimately, it did appear to the court that that was wrong. That Out of what account? The, um, the, 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 tr the trust account for her um, the person that she was representing, oh, her Adlon. Oh. Yeah, so, and the person wouldn't have known because they were incapacitated, mm. but the family knew, and the yeah. family the family didn't even know to look, and so it was kind of like, she did it for long enough, like, a, I guess like a, one of my drug addicts that they're told on probation you can't do drugs, and then they let it slide because they're smoking pot or doing coke or something, and then, but they get enough marks against them that one day that probation officer decides to turn them in to the court, I you know they 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 I get so many clients to say, oh my probation officer is so great, and they don't call them that; they call them their something. It's some slang name for it, but um, for them, but um, it ends up that if you get drug tested enough, or if you breach enough of the issues that you've, there's a long list of things you can't do if you're on deferred or on probation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If if they let it slide enough, at some point it's all going to be cumulative, just like. Just like at school, if you fail enough tests, you know, but you don't get turned in because you think you're going to be nice. They're you, that your 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 probation officer is being nice. Well, they may just be being mean because they're making it so that you can't defend yourself because it's not just one issue now. It's yeah. it's, it's so many that you could never and say that. And they're keeping track of all of those. Yes, right. Mm -hmm. So don't people that are on probation or pretrial diversion or any of those things don't think you're getting away with that one little slip up or that one bad drug test because you're I not. I have never had a client that the probation officer let it accumulate. I have had a number of them, really? and they're usually was that in Harris, um, in County? Harris only in Harris. Yes, yeah. the, they don't get away with that in Montgomery County, but um, but they they really are trying to be nice. That's the thing is their probation officers are trying to work with them. Well, I'm glad to hear that. You know, but the problem is is that these people aren't behaving right consistently. And, and, and but they, usually they need help too. They're usually drug addicts, yeah. and the probation officer does eventually turn them in, not because they're not being their friend, but because they may have a problem in. We know how that goes. Uh, and I will say this. Cocaine is like the worst thing. My clients that do cocaine and meth, I don't have a lot. Of, I do have a lot of clients that do cocaine and meth, but they need representation, and I represent them. Sure. I usually don't know that they're addicts when I take on their cases, but I learn that once they, they flunk so many drug tests right. <laughs> that, that I can see that they need help. If I know that up front, then I immediately send them to counseling. So um, anyway, do we? Yeah. how much time do we have before our next break? Okay. Well, let me finish up this. Uh, this uh, the, the deal that happened with our our this attorney action, right? Okay. So what happened? So what happened is the uh, the state bar responded saying, "Hey, we have a good case here. This attorney thinks he's so smart, he's going to file the uh, the dismissal of this case within sixty days, and uh, which was the anti-slap." But what was his basis for the anti-slap? I mean, was he saying I have a right to say whatever I want? Or yes, yes, and we're going to get to that. This article explains it much better than I okay. did. But um, okay. the Texas anti-slap law has a three-step process. In step one, the movement bears the burden of establishing by the preponderance of evidence that the non-movement's claim 
is a legal action. In other words, the person that's moving for this to be dismissed is the party that um, that did it. Okay, that so the state bar is saying on behalf of all the medical facilities, hey, you can't do this. You're a bad person, and then the 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 attorney or whoever it may be, in this instance was an attorney, uh, turned around and filed a a a dismissal, and you have to do it within sixty days, saying, hey, I was just exercising my First Amendment rights. I wasn't trying to get them in trouble, but I have a right to do what I was doing. And this attorney basically said, I have a right to let them know that they are breaking the law, uh, you know, the American Disabilities Act, it, with their website because maybe the print's too small or, you know, whatever they were doing. And so, but he really wasn't. He was extorting people. And so it was a way, right. it, they were using the law the wrong way. And so the, uh, the state bar said, we're not letting you get away with that, and we're a bunch of lawyers too, so let's, let's go. We're going to go spar in court over this. And they did in the appellate court. And so, the, uh, the, again, the movement in this action was the bad guy, mm-hmm. okay? Um, so in step one, the movement bears the burden of establishing by the preponderance of the evidence. I'm sorry, not the bad guy. Um, but he is the movement, though, yeah. because he was using oh, the okay, anti-slap, yeah, I'm sorry, right? The, the non-movement's claim is a legal action, in response to the movement's exercise of its association for free right. That always confuses me, the movement, non-movement. The, okay. mm-hmm, the wording is... Okay, so um, it's... But basically, it's the, the person that is, is has done the, the, the deed that is not good has 60 days to come back with an anti-slap and say, I haven't done anything wrong. I didn't slap you. It was my constitutional right. My constitutional right. And so if they do it within 60 days, if this person that wants to, and that's basically what it amounts to, you can go around defaming people with this particular law. And if you are just, if you fall into the right categories of the law, then you're getting away with defamation. And so, and that's not right either. The law was actually set up to allow people to have free speech mm-hmm. um, and to exercise their constitutional rights right. and to keep a lot of frivolous cases out of the courts because there's no injury. Right. Oh, she, he called me a sissy. I'm going to sue you. That's, right. I felt like you really meant that I was gay or something. Mm-hmm. And then, then you would anti-slap because the person didn't even do anything by saying, there is nothing to this case. I want it to go away. And if they lose on the anti-slap, though, the problem is... Um, it's good for the sissy case because they shouldn't have to even be in court for that. But it's bad if there's a legitimate defamation or a legitimate bad act going on because if the court dismisses it, then the person that is now injured twice because not only they've been defamed, but they have to pay the attorney's fees. Exactly. Okay. And so, um, so the first step is the person that's filing that that's coming back to defend themselves. They've already been injured once, Mm -hmm. um, has to, uh, file a claim. The movement bears the burden of establishing by the preponderance of the evidence that the non-movement's claim is a legal action in response to the non-movement. But that's still just too confusing to me. Well, no, no. It's saying that the movement has, like the bar mm-hmm. is the movement, right. pretend. Mm-hmm. And so they bear the burden of showing that they have a valid claim against this attorney. This right. attorney saying right, right. anti-slap, and the bar comes back and says, no, not anti-slap. This is a real case, right. the first just step like is, you were is, saying. The first step is the person that's been injured saying, this is defamation or this is extortion. Right. Okay. So look, they did meet their burden on that. They said, this is extortion. What are you, are you kidding me? Yeah. Okay. Then the state bar, the state bar first argued that the Texas Participation Act did not Texas Citizens TCPA did not apply because it, it's ex, it exempts from its applicability 
quote, an enforcement action that is brought in the name of the state or a political subdivision of the state by the attorney general, a district attorney, or criminal district attorney, or a county attorney. So in other words... Immunity. Yeah, the, the police can arrest you and they won't get an anti-slap case right. for criminal or whatever. Because they were doing their job. They are just doing their job, right. right. Uh, the appeals court noted that the chief disciplinary counsel was neither the attorney general, a district attorney, a criminal <laughs> district attorney, or a county attorney. Really? And according to the court, the exemption did not apply to the state bar. Now, you know this raised the ire of the state bar because there are a bunch of attorneys, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the chief disciplinary counsel's office next argued that they were immune from the TCPA um, and that Rule 1709 of the Texas Rules of Disciplinary Procedure, which is what they were going, you know, which was they were ticking off saying that this guy did wrong, mm-hmm. uh, the court ruled that the chief disciplinary counsel's office was not immune from the application of the TCPA since the immunity that, rely, that they relied on was for individuals and applies only to government employees. So they didn't get it. They didn't. They're saying your step one is gone. You're not immune, and you haven't given us a case yet. Or right. I, I mean, that was part of their argument. I, you know, I didn't see what their application looked like, but it seemed to me the extortion would have been a valid, you know, case, and they would have been able to go forward with that. All right. So once the movement, which in this case is a state bar, mm-hmm. has shown that the non-movement's legal action is covered by the act. Mm-hmm. So then, in no- other words, the extortion is covered by the act. Right. Uh, the burden shifts to the extortioner to dem- or extortionist to demonstrate the, a prima facie case for each essential element. Can't talk of the action by clear and specific evidence. Okay, so now the ball. All right, so extortion is bad, uh, even though it's a civil issue and it's not a criminal issue. So that now that we have shown them, then uh, that we need to bounce back. Okay, so we need to. Are we taking a little break? All right. So we will... All right. Well, Tony and I are here today. Right now we're talking about anti-slap and the changes that have happened to it just two days ago. Um, And we will be right back after the break. From the beginning, the main purpose of the Cooperative Extension Service has been to change human behavior by teaching people how to apply the results of scientific research. By utilizing a holistic, multi-level approach, Extension Family and Community Health Programs encourage health and well-being for everyone, addressing values, concerns, and needs with reliable science-based information. Extension programs help people lead healthier lives. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out ourlonestar.com sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936-647-3776 with your questions. Get seen on TV, YouTube, and heard on our podcast FM and internet radio. Support your local radio station with Lone Star Community Radio. Have a legal question? Are you a resident of Montgomery County? Call 281-645-6344 to talk to a volunteer attorney from the Woodlands Bar Association. We answer the phones on the first Monday of every month at 281-645-6344 from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m., to provide general legal information and information about legal resources to Montgomery County residents. 
Listen in Mondays at noon to hear Conroe news from local nonprofits, businesses, upcoming events, Conroe Park events, news stories, and information that matters to you with your host, Margie Taylor of Taylorized PR. For more information about being a guest, visit IRLoneStar.com slash Conroe Culture. Don't miss Lone Star Community Radio on TV and YouTube. Our talk show and music shows are featured on Our City TV, Suddenlink Channel 12, and have their own YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe to keep up with posted shows and comment on them below the video. Welcome back to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. Tony and I are here today talking about SLAP and anti-SLAP and the new narrowing of the Texas anti-SLAP that just happened two days ago, right. signed and by Greg Abbott. I have got two different clients that are having to deal with anti-SLAP right now, and that's kind of weird that, you know, I, I do a lot of DWIs. Those are a lot more prevalent than anti-SLAP. Anti-SLAP didn't even exist when I went to law school. So yeah. this was a fairly new way to... Uh, to I guess, cut the caseload for frivolous cases uh, for for different areas, you know, defamation or, you know, bad acts or whatever, because they're really not bad acts. It's just somebody mad and they want to sue. Well, you can sue over a ham sandwich, as they say. You can not only indict, but you can sue, which is kind of like a suit. And um, I had one client that um, where there was a defamatory letter sent to uh, his... Uh, the, uh, Different colleagues, colleagues within his medical practice, mm-hmm. that w- was really slanderous, and it was done by a, a a large corporation, their attorney, in order to injure him, only so that he wouldn't, you know, so he couldn't work, so they could have control over him. It was a really bad. It was manipulative. It was bad. It wasn't done in good faith. It was a letter that had defamatory statements in it that was in no way true, that went on and on. And it didn't even, what they said, what didn't even have, they didn't even have a witness. So so opposing counsel in this case right. against this, uh, this health care provider uh-huh. uh, sends out defamatory letters to his colleagues. Right. And, and people, people that, that, that he was him. working with. So they wouldn't want to work with him. Very similar to a case that they just had in the medical center where there was a heart surgeon who had left the, uh, that, uh, her, I think it was, I forgot what the hospital it was. He had left um, one of the bigger hospitals and he'd gone to a different one and he was very renowned. And they sent uh, letters out when on the review saying that he didn't have a good peer review. That's very important for doctors. That's very confidential. Yes. And that, and so for he sued saying, Breach of confidentiality, yeah. defamation, mm-hmm. and um, it was a long, hard, hard-fought battle because how do you get people to discuss what's on a peer review? You can't. You can't. It's confidential. He ended up winning a lot of money. Good. Because he stood up for his rights, and that's what people have to do when you're defamed. That's you can right. just You can just be kind of quiet about it and let people just defame you, but the truth of the matter is if your livelihood is at stake, you can't sit back. You right. have to fight because you didn't do anything wrong, and someone's getting away with throwing, you know, dirt at you. Right. It's one thing if you're a political figure, but if you're in private practice right. and somebody's mad because you left their practice, yeah. or they're mad because you've got a, a, a winning lawsuit against them and they're trying they're to destroy you. they're jealous of you because you're doing better than 
than they are And then they write a, a two-page single-space letter to the different physicians that you work with and the different, uh, uh, not customers, but we get out to customers saying that you're not a very good physician when the, the reality is you are an amazing physician. Um, that's, that's something that, you should, that should be stopped and should be, uh, they should be turned in, whether it be to the bar or it, it be in a lawsuit. Well, um, what happened was, um, the, so a lawsuit was filed, a defamation suit, because that was clear defamation. Right. And when we went to court, it was over here in, in Montgomery County, uh, the judge said, and she's not on the bench anymore, but uh, she said, well, I think that's a public concern. And since it's a so, public concern, um, I think that that's covered by the anti-slap. And they're just exercising their First Amendment rights to defame you. So it was a public concern because the guy was a health care provider and the and public it, and needed yes, to it wasn't know even see true. It was all lies. And there wasn't even a witness. The witness wasn't provided. There was no witness on their witness list. It was just made up. And um, the judge said, well, you know, I'm going to dismiss it. And I'm going to, per this suit, if, you get, if your case gets dismissed under anti-slap, yeah. you have to pay the attorney's fees even if they're minimal, but if they charge $700 an hour, they're pretty high. And so um, that what's wrong is it's preventing people that are truly defamed and are wronged from being able to have any uh, redress or recourse they're wrong in the twice. legal system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're wrong twice, and so that's really wrong. And so anti-slap was too broad because what's the public concern? It could be anything. Yeah. And so many, many of these cases are being overturned, and they're trying to change the law so the whole law doesn't go down the tubes. Because it does have a place right. where you don't want to bring just frivolous, frivolous. cases. Mm-hmm. But you can't go after somebody just because they're a doctor or a lawyer. Right. Uh, and try to injure them uh, because you're jealous or mm-hmm. for whatever the reason, because you're big, because you want to win the case, mm-hmm. you want to ruin them, like you say, whatever the case may be. So, um, and that's particular, in this particular instance, though. With the attorney and yeah. against the bar, what happened? Um, and I'll add one other thing. The other case I'm working with this with a, a, a radio personality, not like us, but, yeah. um, but this person had been defamed before they were on the radio, and, um, and they were, they, their case was dismissed. Um, because they said they were a public figure, but they weren't when it happened because it was a timing issue, so that was all wrong. Oh, okay. So, <coughs> um, okay. so wait, so that case with the radio personality, someone defamed them, and then mm-hmm. they said, oh, no, it's a matter of public interest. Yes. We really didn't defame them. What happened, or is it ongoing? Um, the court the, dismissed it improperly. Yeah, because too, the, because, anti-slap's too broad. And it also is, and you know, it's really sad to say, but a lot of times, like we were talking about this morning, it's who you know and, you know, yeah. who you know with the court. And it's kind of sad. It's just yeah. like, and, and real quick, this morning we went to go do an adult adoption. And mm-hmm. I ran late because this court moved their hours up. Um, you no longer got there. Had to be there at 830. Had to be there at 8. And so by the time I got there, they said they couldn't do it. And, you know, we knew that there was just a rubber stamp. You know, adult adoptions are, are you know, they're, they're a, you know, a little bit paper intensive. But but they're a non, an uncontested, and so you go with to the uncontested docket. And uh, any judge can pretty much do them. Uh, that an associate judge can say, well, I'm busy right now. I'll go to the next. I'm going to give this case to a different court's associate judge. So if you've got all the paperwork filed properly, it's just a, uh, something you have to do. And so we went there, and um, the, uh, the, the clerk said, I'm sorry, but you've missed the uncontested docket, and we, you'll have to come back tomorrow. Well, it was, you know, an hour drive in for me. It was an hour drive in for all three of my clients. They all had to be there. And then we that was an hour drive back and the time to expend it. And they didn't have time to do it before they went on their vacation. So it was really bad. So we left. And uh, we, we didn't leave before we, I begged. And I wasn't that persuasive, you know, to, to get it done. But then um, one of the, secu- the, the security guards for the court had come out for a minute to go to the bathroom. 
and he had been talking. It's always good to be friendly with everybody. He had been talking with the 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 cl my clients, well, they're all my clients, but the mom, the biological mother, and um, had you know it was just small talk, and she's like, "That's the guy. That's the guy." He said, "I'm like." I loved it. This is great. So I was like, hey, hey, hey. And so we were like, thank you. Can we just please? And we asked. And he was like, oh, come on in. And so because she was nice, it always is good to be nice to people because mm -hmm. she was very nice and you remember them because we were we were so thankful that guy opened the door even because no you can't kidding. get into the associate stores in Harris County. They lock them. You have to be let in. Uh, we went in and the, the judge was amazing. She It was the daughter of another uh, attorney I used to work with. And she was just, she had known she would have let us in in a second, but the clerk was just being the gate keeper right we got it done in like five minutes and so so the the the, the word that what you learn from this is be nice to everybody in the court everybody mm -hmm. because you don't know what's going to help you right. number two is sometimes it can be done if you're if you really stick with it and do it and 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 don't give up mm -hmm. and and third sometimes the clerks even when they mean well can uh, make the wrong decision and in this case it would have been the wrong decision because it was you know it was literally a five minute sure. you know deal and we had all the paperwork done and it saved everybody so much time but now that being said gatekeepers are really important um once in here step two step one was that uh for the anti-slap is that um the person that has been injured in in our scenario here with the state bar or mm -hmm. the group of people mm -hmm. the state bar is representing um has now filed a claim, and the bad guy here came back and said, oh, no, I filed this within 60 days, and I've got my free right to tell these people that they're making a mistake, and you, I'm not going to get, I shouldn't be injured just for pe having people uphold the law, even if I'm extorting them while I do it. Oh, and um, so step two, though, is he, uh, that the burden was met that they did have a claim, okay? Mm -hmm. So step two is once the movement has shown that the non-movement's legal action is covered by the act, which in this case it was, the burden shifts to the non-movement to demonstrate that a, a prima facie uh, case for each essential element of the cause of action by clear and specific evidence. So now the other side has to show all the elements of that particular action against them um, has uh, is, is is demonstrated, yeah. right? Okay. Mm -hmm. So the elements of professional misconduct to show you what they he argued. Okay. The, the elements of professional uh, misconduct claim are number one, the respondent is an attorney licensed to practice law in Texas. Okay. okay. So that was met. Mm -hmm. Number two, who engages in acts and conduct that violate the disciplinary commission, and so. Um, the, the state bar is having to prove this, not the mm -hmm. other guy. The state bar now has this, uh, uh, I guess the first guy had to show that he he could, he could was within the anti-slap statute. And now the state bar has to come back and say, oh, no, this is why we have a valid claim. And we can meet each one of them, clear and specifically. Right. Um, the respondent's an attorney. He engaged in uh, acts that, uh, that violate the... And it's and and it's it's a little tiny wording right here. Given the existence of the letter in the record, which was the bad letter to the healthcare facilities, with its related demonstrable facts and the commission's detailed pleadings regarding the basis of its claims, we hold that the commission carried its burden under the TCPA to establish by clear and specific evidence a prima, 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 I never know how to say that. Prima fascia. Prima fascia. Prima fascia. Prima fascia. Prima fascia. I would say prima all fascia. All of my, uh, everybody I've heard it say different, but my law, in law school, the courses I took, they were prima fasci. Mm. So I don't know. We'll have to go look at, you know, do wiki or ask Alexa Just or something. Just ask me. It's prima fascia. Okay. okay. Uh, we'll let our station manager real quick listen to what Alexa said because she's always right. Uh, she knows everything, too. That's just crazy. Um, 
the good thing we let her, uh, you know, in, invade our privacy at home. She can answer our questions. Mm -hmm. uh, that uh, anyway, that they established the case that Rosales engaged in professional misconduct by violating the Texas Disciplinary Rules of Professional Conduct. Okay, so so one guy said um, the 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 first guy said, hey, um, or, or the disciplinary committee said, we have fallen into. Um, what, what is the first step? The first step is the bad guy has to say, uh, I fall within the act. You know, anti-slap covers me, public concern, whatever. And we're going to talk about those in a second, mm -hmm. uh, what the elements are for anti-slap. Mm -hmm. And then the state bar came back and said, oh, no, um, this is, we are, at, we have, uh, by step two, we have met all the requirements to show that he's a bad guy and, and, and our claims are legitimate. And so it's not anti-slap. Or, or he can't, he's not going to be able to dismiss this case until we go to court for it. Okay? Right. Um, step three, there's only three steps. If the non-movement meets his burden of establishing a, that word again. Prima facie. Prima facie case for each essential element of a cause of action by clear and specific evidence, the court must still grant the motion to dismiss if the movement establishes a valid defense. And so, of course, the movement is the one wanting to dismiss it, okay? So the non-movement. Using the anti-slap. Using the anti-slap law, right. Um, and so now the burden changes again. Now it's preponderance of the evidence. All these burdens are different for each step. Yeah. So um, it's, and that's also in the statute, the anti-slap statute, which keeps changing. It's a moving target. So you want to look at it all the time now if somebody's defamed you or if somebody has filed against you improperly. It goes both ways, right? right? Okay. So Rosales did not establish by a preponderance of the evidence that his demand letter does not violate Rule 8.04A3, prohibition against engaging in conduct involving dishonestly fraud, deceit, or misrepresentation. Yeah. Because they, that's what they were, they were saying that he had done, that he was doing. You're sending letters to healthcare facilities that they are um, not properly uh, uh, complying with the American Disabilities Act. And come on, really, on the Internet, uh, how, can, how can their websites not comply? I mean, just go in. I mean, it's not like you don't have a ramp or something. So anyway, according to the commission's pleadings, Rosales' letter violated its rule by, one, stating categorically that the ADA applies to websites and that the ADA requires compliance with the WCAG guidelines when in actuality there is, at best, a, a split authority as to whether or how the ADA applies to websites. So there you go, people that have websites in their healthcare facilities. It may not apply to you anyway. What, um, what year was this? Did this happen? This happened was it this year? It just went, this was just in the appellate courts. Okay. So it just came out. Good. Um, in fact, uh, what year? Uh, in 2019, I think April. Okay. Um, two, referring to the uh, WCAG guidelines as rules that the recipient's website has failed to comply with when in actuality the WCAG are guidelines established in the private sector, not rules promulgated under the ADA, okay? So in other words, his, he had a very broad letter, and it didn't even apply here to the mm -hmm. private sector. Mm -hmm. And three, <laughs> suggesting that the WCAG guidelines constitute a policy agent, a policing agency for the ADA and the ADA compliance when, in actuality, the WCAG guidelines are a set of suggested guidelines maintained by a, a non-governmental entity. The commission also pleaded that Rosales' use of the trade name Center for Veterans Access. <laughs> An attorney is is, is, is that, that what he filed the yes. letter on? His sent the letter on. He has, he has a DBA. We were talking about that last last deal. His DBA was 
as an attorney, the Center for Veterans Access. That's pretty deceptive, too. Oh, in a letter, is deceptive in violation of this rule because it suggests some relation to the U.S. Yeah. Department of Veterans Affairs. This guy was just doing it all wrong. Mom and pop places that have their own little website don't have to worry about not complying with the ADA through this. And right. So there were so many things that he did wrong that the, um, the bar really doesn't uh, file uh, grievances against people. And I know that firsthand because mine are all dismissed. And, sure. But, but they're looking at this... Uh, uh, to do the right thing and not waste their time if lawyers are doing bad things. Okay, so conclusion of disposition. The Texas anti-slap law applies to lawyer discipline. So the um, uh, effectively what happened in this case, and I printed the case out, is a, a trial court dismissed the case under anti-slap. They said, okay, the guy's right. The bad attorney's the right. The first case. Yeah, he said he thought it was That's why they were in days. the appellate court. Okay. And that because the, the state bar got mad, and they said, you can't legitimately think we don't have a case against this guy. We're telling you, as the disciplinary policing agency of attorneys, we have a case, and you dismissed it against us? Wow. I mean, that was pretty bad. And so they were like, they, they, they you know, got their muscle together, and they were mm-hmm. like, oh, no. They probably had a first-year lawyer, because this would have been a pretty, uh, uh, they probably didn't. But if they did, a first-year lawyer could have argued, because that's pretty bad, you know, extorting yeah. people under those guidelines. Um, so the TCPA applies to lawyer discipline cases, but before everybody goes off, the sky is falling rampage. The essential elements of the cause of action for lawyer discipline is very easy for the state bar to meet here, unless there is no basis for the state bar's claim for discipline, in which case it should be dismissed anyway. The state bar will easily meet its burden under the step two of the Texas anti-slap law. And this is what the dissent stated, and I'm not sure why this isn't the dissent when they, when they got the reversal, but... The Citizens Participation Act is a statute with express purpose of protecting the right to petition, speak freely, associate freely, and otherwise participate in government. Uh, in government, has become a barrier to disciplining lawyers for violating the disciplinary rules of professional conduct. Um, it's not. It is not a barrier to disciplining lawyers. Um, you have a right to do it anyway. If Rosales had filed a no evidence motion for summary judgment and the state bar did not respond would the suit be dismissed? Could we say that summary judgment has become a barrier to disciplining lawyers? And that's another way to get rid of it. If he knew the judge, that's right. he could still have gotten it done that way too. Um, new things are scary, but like we would tell our client, um, just do what you're supposed to do under the law and everything will be all right. Well, you say that, but really the truth of the matter is it's only going to be all right when, uh, this is April of 2019, if you don't give up. That's, right. that's the, the, the key thing. And so in, in this case, um, yes, the Texas legislature passed TCPA to encourage and safeguard, just like I said, the constitutional rights of persons to petition freely, but it can't be used against them in this, uh, uh, to, it can't be used for the position of hurting somebody um, with, uh, uh, what's the term I'm looking for, with in, impunity. Uh, yeah. Uh, but if they did reverse it. The, the state bar did win their case because they did have a case. And what do you have to tell us about this? Well, this is this is a little old. This is from 2017, and mm-hmm. I really already covered it at the very beginning. It just kind of lays out what slapped mm-hmm. and sanctions it mm-hmm. is. So that's, you know, the, the original slap and then sanctions. Right. But the, the, the bottom line here is that the appellate courts recognize that a public concern right. um, is, is far more narrow than this statute 
uh, it was first written because they have to, the judges just have to go by the letter of the law. That's right. But a lot of this is like crazy because that's not the letter of the law and a lot of it's common sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they have now changed the statute so that it's more limited, uh, particularly in the private sector. And, and we're going to go over this again for what was specifically changed in a case that, the case that they kind of got, the, uh, one of the primary cases they got the ball rolling on anti-slap. Um, the, uh, you, no one should be allowed to, it's twofold. You, you, a person should not be allowed to go around defaming people for their own commercial benefit or to injure them because of this Just law and finding a yeah. loophole. Mm-hmm. And they think, oh, this will be fun to watch them squirm mm-hmm. just because they haven't jumped hot. They, they won't, because they sued us because we did something wrong. We're right. going to get you back. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, people can't go around doing bad things and thinking they're going to get away with it because of anti-slap too, because it's on both sides. Right. You, 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 and, and the courts, if you don't give up, Either the law will change or the courts will start ruling properly. Maybe the trial court didn't get right, but the appellate court, the Supreme Court, the United States Supreme Court will get it right. That's why we have higher level appellate courts because sometimes they don't get it right. It may not be argued right or maybe uh, that someone's having a bad day or maybe there's some money being pushed around in people's pockets. Mm-hmm. But that's why you should never give up. You should really fight the good fight. And sometimes even if you fight the good fight and maybe there was a mistake made in the, the, you know, in the, in the legal procedures where you couldn't win on this one, you've at least established it for the next person that does get burnt you've now kind of paved the way for it to be easier for them. So can't give up. Have to do the right thing. That's right. Uh, pray about it. If you don't if you don't know if you're doing the right thing, that's what I always say. You have to always kind of right. go to the highest authority. Okay. Well, guys, listen, thank you for listening. Remember, you can download the podcast tomorrow on, on com and uh, on Google Play and iTunes. And we want to remind you to always serve God by serving others. Have a great week. Mm-hmm.